0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick wintari Dorgan, and with me as always is a man who was the campaign chairman for Once More in 04.
1: I set up that website myself. I am the Adam Glass, and uh, you know, Tanner doesn't seem like that bad of a candidate.
0: No, I mean, well, you know, based on the way that standards have been lowered over the last few uh, years, I mean, he actually seems pretty great. He is, he is,
1: uh, further to the left than anyone the Democrats have run for the last two decades. Yeah, no,
0: yeah, no joke. I mean, it's, it's, he is Uh, actually an unbelievable candidate. I, uh,
1: I work in a place with a fairly conservative politically clientele.
0: I can't imagine. conservative clientele.
1: Um, and, uh. One day, I overheard a guy who generally has exhibited some amount of paranoia uh, about politics in general. Uh, but I overheard a guy drunkenly at the bar uh, say uh, that he fully expects, I believe this was back in April, he fully expects the uh, the Democrats to uh, completely completely go to the marxist end of things uh he says he says the slogan example slogan he then slips into vote vote for us we're gonna destroy everything you believe in and my my first thought upon hearing him say that my dude if only
0: yeah right it's like you've just figured out what my 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 dream is actually good job
1: So this week we were talking about Tanner 88, a television series, uh directed by Robert Altman and written by Gary Trudeau, the uh cartoonist of Doonesbury. Um,
0: I I was a little uh, bit disappointed that it was not more Doonesbury like. Well, uh, <laughs> the principal Doonesbury
1: likeness is that uh about 90% of the scenes end on a final panel one-liner. Uh, well, yeah. A la a Doonsbury comic strip.
0: But, like, I mean, what I mean is, like, I, you know, I haven't not read Doonesbury in a long... Okay, so, when I was a child, my father... Well, not child, I'm probably junior high school student. My father had a collection of, like, old Doonesbury, okay? Okay. Like, uh, the books, that they, they, they published books of, like, the old stuff from, like, the 70s and 80s. Yes. And I read through them, and I loved them, okay? Yeah. Because old Doonesbury was very, you know, I and I don't even know. I've only read modern Doonesbury a few times, but I that's where my point of reference is. And it doesn't really feel as kind of hyper counterculture as you would expect from him, but I don't know. But again, I don't know what modern I don't know what eighty eight Doonesbury is like, so <laughs> True. Maybe it's maybe uh, it's just Murphy Brown.
1: Trudeau, uh, by the way, is uh is this currently running? What? Number of seasons two. What's the year on this? He is currently Oh no! I'm sorry. It, this was a few years ago too, but uh, he was a uh, executive executive producer for a uh, Amazon Studios series called Alpha House.
0: Oh, okay. I, I know uh, that that I never watched it, but I know yeah. that show.
1: Yeah, yeah. Also, also a politically leaning uh, television show.
0: Actually, um, from everything I saw, that probably is closer to what I expect from Doonesbury than this was. Just yeah. like when you see the commercials and stuff, it it, it seems more. Like, almost political absurdism rather than this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas this isn't this isn't trying to be absurd. This no, is, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Or it's at like, least isn't necessary. Like, Doonesbury doesn't, like, Doonesbury, at least the Doonesbury I experienced was based on our reality, but did very clearly did not exist in our reality. Actually, I kind of, I, I want to step back for a second. Yeah. Do you think in '88 this plate is absurd? It's possible. I mean, keep in mind that like what because people thought American politics obviously could Obviously, in be, a post a post George W.
1: Bush world, even and a post post Donald Trump world. Uh, well, we're not post Donald Trump yet, unfortunately.
0: Uh, <laughs> maybe you're not
1: Adam. In in a world where those where those campaigns have already existed, um.
0: Right, I, I see what you are saying. Obviously, like this doesn't play. We'll never know absurdism. We we get into yeah. we get into a real serious incident of what you and I have talked about a lot about our inability to comprehend the past. Right? You and I were both yes. alive in eighty eight, yes, indeed. And even yeah, the, our primary childhoods, three. though we were uh, young, but like you know, our primary childhood was not that re- far removed from this time period. And of course, you know, as a child, you don't yeah. process things the same way as an adult does or anything like that. But the point is, is we're not talking about, you know, like, you know, 80 years in the past, even 50 years in the past. We're talking about a relatively short span of time. And I cannot yeah, tell you life. whether or not this was absurd. It probably was. Yeah. At least I, from the standpoint of, like, the political stances he takes are very clearly meant to be insane.
1: They're meant to be so far to the left. Well, that's that what I mean. It's
0: like level to be so far minded. that like no one would ever buy them as a political stance. Like, oh, that's crazy. And, no, calling for legalization was he crazy? Yeah. yeah, that sort of thing. Black people matter. What? Uh, oh, well, well, that is absurd even now. Let's be clear here. Modern America. Uh, <sighs> that's that's still um, an unten- <laughs> apparently it's still an untenable uh, uh, political stance to take. I don't know. In modern America. Yeah yeah apparently apparently they're really flying by their seat of the pants
1: uh on this uh the uh, the first episode was delivered to h b o uh two hours before airtime oh my god um and uh and they were there's a on the d v d there's a conversation with Trudeau and Altman um it's one of the few special features <laughs> there's really not a lot on this. Though it's six hours of material just for the series, well, right? I mean, that, uh, plus two-minute introductions TV from the show. Uh, from the uh, Sundance uh, airing uh, in 2004, which we, which
0: we have to talk um, about because it's like one of the yeah, best parts of which the DVD. Is,
1: which is all, yeah, all great stuff. Um, but then there's this, and that's that's it for for bonus features. Uh, but it is an interesting conversation, uh, and they talk. Uh, Trudeau sat down with the news and wrote the scripts. And would get Altman the script sometimes as late as, Hey, we've started filming already, where's the script?
0: Uh, <laughs> it over. the actors are just standing uh, around doing uh, stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, which is fine for an Altman film. Right, <laughs> Yeah, And, and uh yeah. He's more interested in the uh the characters than the the plot anyway. Uh and then uh yeah. <laughs> you know, some episodes this didn't really have a set airtime. Uh, it was kind of a when you get us one, we'll put it on. Which is um, insane. Like, how and do was you made... make a show that
0: way? I don't even understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and was made, you know, during the campaign. This isn't... They weren't, like, actively trying to fake a campaign, you know no one involved with this show thinks that they are on a reality it no no that, but that but Tanner at the same time, person they, who is running and uh, running for
0: yes, I understand that, but at the same time, it very much does interact with the real world in a way that says we are yes. real like it there's no yes, it doesn't really like wink at the camera about the fact that like we yeah, not it no it, it's not we're not like. Existing in a world where we're going to pretend this is a real campaign, but the way it yeah. interacts with the world is real.
1: Which is where Altman calling this a mockumentary gets us into some trouble too. Uh, in the same way as whether or not this play is absurd in '88, uh, mockumentary in '88, yeah, that's a term that's already been applied to uh, uh, Spinal Tap and and a few others. Um,
0: well, but but for me, but, a mockumentary requires absurdism.
1: Like, yeah, pretty intense. Yeah, what absurdism. we think of mockumentary requires requires absurdism, and even if this and is absurdism, this it's not intensely
0: absurd enough to be a mockumentary to me. Even I would yeah. guess, even in '88, yeah. I don't think it is. I, I mean, it may be absurd, but it's not the level of absurd that you must reach to be a mockumentary.
1: Yeah, and its 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 absurdism is in showing how a sausage is made. You know, it's not even. It's not ratcheting anything up, it's right
0: exactly interacting
1: yes. with real people in real ways and talking about the behind the scenes thing that actually happened, you know
0: right but, I mean it might be making it slightly more one of the most absurd dramatic effect, but not by much yeah
1: one of the most absurd characters in the show is the uh the p r coach he visits in the later episodes the the woman who coaches him on how to make eye contact and right and, yeah
0: no yeah you know,
1: speak to a camera and it, you know that is that is base level campaigning at this point it's something that you know and it dates back it dates back to to the time of television you know you have that old right i mean where she's not breaking new ground at people all. like yeah yeah you know, you have that story about the, the the JFK-Nixon debate, where the people who listened to it on the radio thought Nixon won, and the people who saw it on TV thought JFK won. Right. Because of the way he was presenting himself. And that's not just a byproduct of a natural charisma. That is a manufactured personality.
0: Well, right. and, and- Right. Yeah, at this point and, – and the fact – that probably one of the most absurd things is that Tanner has been a politician for as long as he has been a politician and has not <laughs> has been exposed to, to any of these elements of of the political – like yeah. he somehow like was magically made a congressman through some sort of weird yes. system where he was not elected nor had to run uh, <laughs> yes. apparently because he has none of the skills necessary to run a campaign. And, and I yeah. think that's actually one of the biggest flaws in – the film, or in the movie, in the TV show, is, is that it, though? Well, no, no, I mean, like, in terms of its its quote-unquote realism, it works really well in terms of the story, but what I'm saying is, like, we don't get a politician like that who has zero skills or knowledge of how politics work, essentially until we get to Ross to a lesser extent, and Donald Trump to a much greater extent. But really, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm, that's I'm, in nineteen eighty eight, this thing doesn't exist. Yeah. And and that's my, my issue is that like he should and he is not, in terms of the show, a political yeah, novice. He has a political yeah, position, exactly. which means and he should already that's know. That's where it really life. falls apart. Like, I mean he may not know. be good at these things, but he should know these things, right? Like in yeah. if you were being really truly honest, it would be he would know them but be really bad at them.
1: Yeah. And, and the things, yeah, like for instance, the big, the big thing, the, uh, the loss uh, or the, the loss, the, the discovery of his mistress, you know, that is something that, that he should have disclosed to his, should have known to let his, uh, campaign manager
0: right yeah i mean and even and i can okay you can argue well i wanted to keep it secret or whatever but like that was an impossible secret It, it is his private life and and he doesn't it is
1: it's possible to believe in my mind even today that a u.s congressman could get elected um is he is he a senator? Or is he He's a congressman? A representative? Yeah. He's a representative,
0: House of Representatives. because he talks about he somebody calls him a senator, and he says, "Oh, thanks yes, for the flattery, but Michigan I'm U.S. Just,
1: representative." Yeah. Um, while while clearly representatives do get taken down by personal personal life issues, um, I can believe that a representative from Michigan got elected without. Without having to deal with the idea that the personal and the political lives of actual politicians, see, I don't, have
0: to I mess. don't believe that he could. I don't believe that's true. I believe that he could yeah. have done it by getting away with having a private life that he does not disclose to the public. You know what I mean? Like it's possible to do yeah. it without doing, without disclosing, or people finding out. It for the House of Representative, but there's no way you could get through it without knowing that like this is going to be a problem. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you would have to act. You would know that you would have to actively conceal it, right? I mean, even if you're doing. And just if the they House were dating,
1: if they'd been dating since before the,
0: I don't get the impression that uh, they had. It seems like in the started. TV show, it seems like yeah, before the campaign started, but like pretty close yeah. together. It seems like they've not been dating that long. She probably
1: already worked for Dukakis before, well, right,
0: presumably Tanner entered given the race. Dukakis's sort of status as like the front runner throughout the campaign, it's presumable that he started a little bit yeah. earlier than everybody else, yeah um. uh. like I don't know there's yeah, i mean it's just it's not a big problem, it's just a thing that like to me i it's like what what of course he should know. These things, but um, I don't, one of the things that weirds me out is like, uh, you know what this actually reminds me the most of? What's that? Is, is weirdly enough Reno Nine One One. Okay, and there, it's like a, it's Wait. less of a mockumentary and more of a proto-like sketch TV show. Yeah, even though it's scripted, like I mean, it has that sort of Robert Altman, like, well, we 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 have a script. But we we don't want it to be a, you know what I mean? Like it's similar to the well, way that's the
1: thing the the self enclosed sort of episodes that are happening here, uh, and even within episodes, you know the 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 scenes um, feel like that. What you're talking about with reading on on one is more of like a. A sketch-based reality show. That's what I mean. That's and I mean. That's Reno, bizarre, Reno, it, Parks and Rec would be another example that of that,
0: where it's like, yeah, Parks and Rec. Actually, it probably is actually closer to something like Parks and Rec, where like we have yeah. a plan. This is what's going to happen in this episode. This is, yeah. I mean, we have even a script, but it's all meant to seem and feel natural, natural and sort of impromptu. And loose and, yeah. and and it definitely and I, I it, it like, conveys that information through most of it, except for some of the yeah. really weird setup type things like a lot of the stuff with Deek the cameraman feels more scripted than other stuff
1: like yeah Deke, Deke feels forced a lot of the time yeah, and, and not just, just like because yeah. he's a very specific sort of character when he's introduced um this sort of like film school dropout who slash pervert uh, has pretensions of. Of something grander, um, slash pervert, slash pervert, uh, like whatever you, whatever you, however
0: you describe Deke, it has to finish with slash pervert. Okay, that's one of the rules. Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> uh, you know, obviously his 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 later introductions of needless technology, the underwater camera, the uh, the guy line camera, um, are one thing. But even when we start. Uh, wearing a beret and talking about neorealism throughout the series.
0: Yeah, I was like, Like, oh, man. I
1: stopped recognizing Deke for a couple of episodes when he stopped wearing the hat.
0: Oh, yeah, Uh, yeah, me too. I was like, who's this dude?
1: Yeah. Um, But, yeah, when we get that first campaign video that we start with, uh, is so bad. No, you know what, have so you ever have you ever choices.
0: seen the movie uh Goodbye Lennon? Yes. Yeah, it reminds me of the video that the that, that, that their friend yeah. I forget exactly that their friend's making that has like the uh like the wedding bouquet turning into something like in the sky. A la uh, yeah. two thousand one of Space Odyssey. It reminds me so much of that video somehow. I don't know why. <laughs> it's sort of like I have figured out how all the buttons on this console work. <laughs>
1: yes,
0: yes. Um,
1: to the point where you know he's he's number two in our absurd characters list. Um, is it ever mentioned what we get that he's a representative? But do we ever know what area of uh, Michigan that Tanner East Lansing? Represents? East, Lans- I'm East Lansing. I'm almost certain of it. Yeah. Okay, there is. I was. I was mentioning that to segue how impossible it feels that, uh, that a congressman from Michigan has never, uh, interacted with Detroit, like, like actually like understood Detroit in any meaningful way. Um, which I suppose is probably realistic in that if, if, Politicians actually understood Detroit in a meaningful way. Detroit wouldn't be as bad. Well, off yeah, as, well, it wouldn't be it throughout is.
0: history continuously f- becoming. <laughs> even when it gets fixed for like <laughs> things get better for a little while, yeah. they get just get thrown to shit again. The ebb
1: and flow of Detroit um, yeah, usually flows. Um, but <laughs> if East <laughs> East Lansing, I am, East I, I, not, I, not exactly.
0: I, I'm almost sure of it. Like, I feel like it comes up multiple times. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, you know,
1: I, I, was, I refuse
0: to believe that you could live in, in Michigan. Unless you live, like, way up on the tip, that you could live in Michigan and not interact with Detroit is basically impossible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um Actually, let's talk about that episode a little more because that—that sure. is which
0: one, which the one most interesting
1: about? this show gets for me when he's in Detroit and talking with so sad. Okay, um, yeah, okay. so sad. By the way, is a real organization, um, and they were, you know, I again, you know, this Altman's not presenting this to the people involved with, uh, you know, they're not going and saying, oh, we've got a presidential candidate who wants to do this. He says, oh, we're shooting the show. About the campaign and and you know, uh, however he presents it, he's not presenting it as uh, real. Um, so SoSad really exists and really agreed to hold uh, a campaign rally for Tanner, um, presumably in the idea that it would get national attention for their movement.
0: It seems to have worked. Um, I mean, they they you know, yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. None of it comes off um, as a joke in that so, part of the of the episode.
1: Yeah. So, so sad really exists a really interesting thing, uh, from the, uh, from the conversation, uh, bonus feature, um, Detroit police who were acting as, you know, security escort for the film crew refused to go to the so sad rally. Would not enter that part of town. What? Um, wouldn't go in. Absolutely. Wouldn't go in. Uh and you know just a liability, I assume, um Detroit was bad
0: man well Detroit. yeah Dr- yeah, I understand uh, that.
1: so uh so they left left the film group to their own devices and and the people were so sad The the local community leaders obviously um, um helped helped with things and took care of things uh the uh the hip hop in that episode. Altman claims it's the first time he has interacted with rap at all. The first time he'd really heard the term rap uh, was these two young guys, Um, and they invited him to New York and told him what they wanted as far as the music, uh, you know, the message rather. Um, And uh, Altman just let him let him write whatever and and have at it. So that that is an original piece written for the episode. The, the the hip-hop piece that gets performed throughout right, the episode. Yeah. um, And uh, and I am so, so utterly glad that it wasn't and does not contain a variation of the exercise your right to vote. For oh, songs. I
0: know. Thank God. <laughs> if they had like, forced the that episode, in there, it would have just after, ruined
1: everything. After the episode with the hair metal version of it, <laughs> I, I was afraid. I was very afraid.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a really actually. It's interesting how uh, effective that particular episode is in terms of not really like co-opting what that organization and all that is about into yeah. just pure theater for the 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 show. I it, yeah. I mean that's a very they, they played with they played with fire there in many ways
1: and it's. And it's a very interesting thing that uh, it's the one pushback we get the one the one like legit pushback against the full decriminalization idea. Um, it's it's Tanner's liberal idealism versus on the street hopelessness um, that the liberal idealism should be designed to help with, but
0: isn't necessary right well and and you know the show also people dealing with reality rather than dealing with like well you know in theory this is gonna work yeah and the show
1: also has enough respect for the so sad people uh that it lets them make bad arguments against decriminalization without pushing back against them too right like 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 the people talking about uh you know, how are we going to, we, we talk about, we've been telling these kids not to get involved with the drug trade, um, but it's the only place the money is, the only place the hope is, uh, how can you decriminalize then, uh, and legitimize what they're doing. Well, decriminalization isn't actually legitimizing what they're doing. It's undermining what they're doing, right?
0: right. Because my, the only
1: reason there's money in the illegal drug trade is because it's illegal.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, that's always, uh, that's always the issue, right? Or as much right? money it's as like, there is. There's, a, there's a, uh, a certain amount of fear. and I And, like, they make, while their arguments are, you know, may not be economically exactly sound, they make a valid, yeah. a very interesting point, which you have oh, to absolutely. think about, which is, like, yeah, you say you're going to decriminalize it and that will make the problem go away. Yes, but at the same time, like, they have to live through that process, which is never smooth transition, yes. right? Like, Absolutely. the, the dying Absolutely. breath of illegal trades is always the absolute worst part of it. Like, And it, that's it gets, why this it's, it's is my favorite episode. At the end. Yeah, no, and, and so, like, you, you know, exactly. They just let them make their point, and their point is... Yeah. What, the only downside for me about that is, is that they make their point, but it's so on the nose for 1988 in the sense that that we're still right in the heart of like well, right at the beginning of that 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 yeah. crackdown that we start seeing where well we'll just we'll just literally put everybody in jail. We'll just it's here we yeah. go. We're right at the yeah. the early cusp of that and you can see that this this is a part of the matrix of that thing coming into existence. Which just makes yeah. me sad because of how it has you know, what the result has been, right? Even further sort of decimation of the group that is, you know, represented in this uh, this, uh, TV show, right? Like, I mean, it's like make the thing that people are hoping will fix the problem makes things a million times worse. Yeah. Now I will, I will say
1: the ending of that episode felt exploited.
0: I agree. I agree. That's where it falls apart for me. And I and actually, yeah. I, I was kind of upset, uh, especially when we get into the next episode, that, like, the, just the, like, the. the there doesn't of, seem
1: to be a lasting impact. The
0: gr- Yeah, either. the gross sort of gut. Well, even, like, Tanner goes on. He's in the next episode's lead-in. And, like, and yeah. even in the next episode's, like, the lead-in explains it more than the next episode does. Because the next episode doesn't really comment on it, just sort of, like. Has like well that social justice sort of thing becomes more important yeah. to the campaign in general, but like the lead in is yeah, what but really not talks really talks in general. Well, not, well for I mean the like next it's, two minutes. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh. that's I mean that's in movie in film terms. That's all you're gonna yeah. get, right? But what I mean is yeah. like my problem with it is like it's not just exploitative. It it it. it it's just so willfully ignorant, you know what I mean, in the sense that, like, yeah, you're going to say, like, well, I never really realized how bad it was until I had it happen directly in front of me. It's like, really? That's the message you want to send to people, is it like, I, I didn't, like, care or notice until I literally had, like, a dead African-American child in my, like, basically in my hands. Like, what? What? Yeah. Like. I mean, and well, while I maybe mean, technically that's, accurate. I,
1: I don't know about technically. Well, I mean, in, in, I in terms I'm, of the
0: actual politicians who, whom are being commented on, yeah, it's still gross. I mean, I just mean that, like, yeah. while accurate is it is gross, then combine that with the fact that the show is really sort of kind of abusing the you know the the group that they've relied on for the entire episode to make their points, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's where it where it feels. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could have disgusting. just. I feel like the movie, the show, could have done that without doing that.
1: Yeah, yeah, he could have, he could have learned that lesson by trusting the the the, the, uh, the
0: many many people telling them that all that their the children are dead. Yeah, I mean, you would think yeah. so, right? But no, he's he, yeah, the white man needs to learn it by himself, Adam.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's. You know that's obviously a problem. We're still we're still having uh, the the distrust of black witness. Uh,
0: well, I mean, yeah, is, and even in a in a show where this is person the is supposed to be on of the, the All Lives Cush, Matter right?
1: movement. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, we can't just believe that this is true. We have you know he has to see it for himself. It has yeah. to be made real for him. Yeah. So well, I mean, Jesus. That's all I can really say. And they even,
1: they could have done it in a different way. Yeah, no, the way they do it is really, like, it's it's this. extra bad.
0: But, I mean, yeah, any setup that involves yeah, that would have been bad. Any setup that had, yeah. you know, a dead kid at the end is just not, it's like there's no version of that that yeah. is good.
1: Yeah. And the idea here is that things are so broken that an eight-year-old's body can lie in an empty lot and just be there to be discovered by a politician walking through town. Um, That that's how, how bad things have gotten, but he should be able to believe that that's how bad things
0: have gotten from the myriad of people. Right. Like an entire, just a litany of people telling him that's how bad things are right now. Yeah. But no, I mean, that's just not, I mean, even the audience that this m- show is playing to would not believe yeah. it without being shown it. Yeah, you, th- I mean that's, that's part of that's a whole cloth part of the problem here, is right? Like somebody yeah. in the writers' room or whatever said, like, no, 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 we have to show that. Yeah, because our audience, bear in mind, it's an HBO audience in 1988. So you yeah. can figure out the demographics we're working with here, right? Uh,
1: we are we are talking probably liberal leaning. Uh, people with disposable income, who uh, are upper middle most class. definitely,
0: <laughs> definitely all white. Yeah, yeah. Pre- and, and and you know, I mean, like that that group of audience members would never accept the episode without that end date. It would have all. You know, it's I mean, it's all gross. It's just all gross. It just is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um. It is it's it's interesting where this show decides to get overtly political instead of just being uh, the inside politics, um, the things that that Tanner t- takes a political stand on, um, the anti-apartheid stuff, obviously big in eighty eight, um, with with South Africa, uh, but. Uh, but getting arrested. This is one episode where, as I was watching it, I started thinking, I can't wait to watch the introduction to the next episode to see how they talk about this. Um, and what Tanner says in the introduction to episode five about being arrested is is true. You know, there's no political currency in it. Uh, and, you know, if... There is not a candidate in the US today who would make the speech Tanner makes at the anti-apartheid rally. Not even Bernie Sanders.
0: I can't I, I, I can't even remember the, the speech, unfortunately. I can't. Uh, it's just
1: it is so overtly the actions of South Africa are evil. Uh, right, it, that I it, it cannot, lacks
0: subtlety, right? I, yeah,
1: yeah, it lacks subtlety, and I can't imagine a candidate, uh, a serious political candidate, giving that speech. Um, as much as I would love to hear it from someone, and as much as I would love to see someone actively running for president get arrested at a protest rally, someone who actually has, uh.
0: Right, someone oh, who will actually be part I mean, of the debates getting you know, arrested. It's interesting though because who? I mean, the rules are changing very clearly. So who yeah. know? Within our lifetimes, your dr- lifetime, your dream may very well come true. Um, certainly we do find out. Like we do we definitely know that many of our more liberal leaning political candidates in the past had been arrested, but it yeah. It, yeah. It's, and, it's always and, a past thing. It's always I a thing. I did underwrite. this as a as a Teenager kind of thing Yeah
1: As a young man Bernie Sanders got arrested Oh yeah yeah
0: For sure That's true For sure Bernie Uh, Sanders is probably The closest to somebody Who would get arrested Even now Uh But who knows I mean he wouldn't But he's the closest Like There are Ideologically There are
1: people There are people With the political currency To run for president Or who could Could run for president Soon Um Who would still – who would get arrested at a political protest. I think Cornel West probably never will have the political currency to run for president. But he still gets arrested. He is a a national public figure who still gets arrested. Right. Although I'd like him to have the political currency to be able to run for president. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, William Barber II, uh, reverend out of uh, North Carolina. Right. um, Who I would love I would love a political ticket with him in my lifetime, uh, and I think I think he has the moral capacity. And I've seen him get arrested too. Well, <laughs> like, and uh, what I what you I, you know, I think is I happen. think
0: what what. Uh, but at the same time, when we start dealing with the with modern, really modern politics, like the politics of now, right, and we start getting yeah. into seeing what things hold currency for the age group in which we exist in. Getting arrested, I think, now has more of a chance to hold political currency than before. I think before. that's, like, it, that's it, absolutely that, true. That sign of personal conviction is becoming more yes. important to people. Uh, people of art, yes. like, whereas, you know, when we talk about the, the people who are running for office in these, especially in, like, 88 and stuff, we're talking about people who did get arrested, you know, when they were college students or teenagers. Yeah. But at that time... The group of people who they they were a part of did not have the political capital to make presidents. Whereas whereas the age group that is kind of obsessed with those sort of behaviors now is also the age group that happens to have the political capital and uh, sort of critical mass of people to actually make presidents. The only problem is the sort of ideological split is making it harder. I don't know if that wasn't true in 88, though.
1: Getting arrested, Tanner getting arrested at the anti-apartheid should skyrocket him with the 18 to 25 vote.
0: Right, but the 18 to 25-year-old uh, vote during this time period in American history is a very is actually a pretty low turnout, low uh, yeah, but political clout. Well, would, what I'm talking about now is, though, the 18 to 25 is still always a bit of a problem. What we're talking about now is, like, 25 to, like, Like 30s, that's where you want to sell, and in modern the modern era right now, that age group actually does appreciate that sort of behavior. Yeah, I think I think what what
1: I'm trying to say is understanding that this show has to end with Tanner losing.
0: Right, that's true. Yeah, Um, I mean that's it's also important to understand. Like, who knows in the real world had a, a political candidate had the the personal conviction to get arrested at a campaign at a yeah. uh, anti apartheid rally yeah i mean that like the, uh, legit could have actually been a real big selling point for that candidate yeah and the
1: thread of those political actions those overt politics in this film or in this this series the apartheid rally the so sad rally um even the fallout from his legalized drug stuff doesn't doesn't carry through far enough. You're they right. can spin this apartheid thing to get votes.
0: But bear right. in mind how popular the sort of like anti-apartheid movement was at this time in American history. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you, you were get, you're in '88. You're getting to the point where like you're hard pressed to find an American who will like defend the South African government. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you think? Well, I mean, you, you know. Yes, there are people, but it's becoming a very shrinking group of people. I mean, this is is
1: the year before Lethal Weapon 2 comes out, and the villains of Lethal Weapon 2 are apartheid-enforcing South Africans, right?
0: Right, Um, and they're the villains of the
1: movie. They're the villains of the movie. It is there is political currency in being anti-apartheid. That's what I'm saying. Um, That's
0: what I'm saying. Is that like you're getting to the yeah. point in American history? Well, I, well, I, maybe I misspoke, but like my point was at this yeah. point in American history, like that should be a very valuable like person. Yeah, it should be a take. very valuable thing,
1: and it should be something that they can play on in. In the spin zone, that is what this movie, what this series is actually, it's actually about. about. Yeah, yeah. it, it, it should a movie be something about that, they the sp- keep bringing up.
0: For that a they movie push. about the spin zone, they do a very little spin. Yeah, and I think that's one of the yeah. problems. The actual problems of the film is like we see very like it's supposed to be a movie, a TV show about how the sausage is made, but it's more yeah. about like exterior shots of the sausage factory, and <laughs> yes. uh, and and interviews with random sausage making workers. Yeah. uh rather than actual footage of the sausage being made right i mean it's it's yeah. valuable but it does seem to lack the sort of grit like, we need
1: we're in the sausage factory we're just pointing the cameras at the wrong spot right
0: we're like right? well i mean at some point they made sausage over there but now they've turned it into a storage area <laughs> and uh yeah. oh now we're in the break room uh yeah yes. it, i it, it is a problem with this this yeah you could show a lot more Things like spin a lot more uh, yeah. you know, obviously, vote, you know vote sort of I yeah. forget what the word is, but you know sort of coercion and stuff like that,
1: yeah obviously the uh the decriminalization comes up over and over again, and and well, I mean it is written by the guy who writes Deansbury, is also the so, robot, I mean. yeah, yeah, the robot uh talking to him, and it's very. It is probably the most surreal this show gets because the robot is like treated as a real thing, right? Not as let's find the guy controlling this robot. Uh,
0: yeah, I know. It's like we got to get away from this robot. To figure but we got to get away from this robot. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's like, really weird. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I you get the impression that perhaps many people are not aware of how robots work in 1988. You know,
1: like they're trying to they're trying
0: to. To silence the robot, <laughs> put, quick! Put your hand over his mouth. Yeah, it's a, um, sir, that's not going to work. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a weird thing about it.
1: And then they they ought to be going after the guy with the headset twenty feet away,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> we're holding a remote control. Like that's a weird yeah. thing, right? Like one of the weird things about this uh, show also is like the political windfalls seem really haphazard and random to a certain extent. Like, that yeah. turns out to be a good thing to prove Andrea is, like, valuable. Yeah. And it's like, why what, what? Like, I mean, we literally just had things that are, like, legit politically valuable, and that's the thing we're going to do? I don't understand. Like, it's it, – it does struggle yeah. with its own real – like, with actually being real. It has some yeah. beautiful moments. Like, when he actually interacts with other candidates, those things are beautiful.
1: I, and even me, when they're faking it like the debate with right even then Jesse like Jackson.
0: it feels good yeah. but then like it does random stuff like that where it's like well we just need to have a goofy moment right now so robot
1: yeah i will have to say the most unrealistic moment in the entire series was episode 1 where Stringer walks into the pizza place and just says, "Give me ten of your I, largest." I know.
0: Pizzas. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking?" And the guy's like, "Well, give me twenty <laughs> minutes or whatever." Make that it is, ten. That is it's like, what are you talking? That is a about? Man,
1: That is a man who has never ordered pizza. In <laughs> yeah, life. I know, like, there's no like, reality. Like,
0: uh, apparently, the entire like, however many people actually participate in the writing of this film, whether it was just Trudeau uh, or not, none, and none of them have none of ever them had actually pizza. ordered pizza. <laughs> Like yeah, like what I mean, and like who goes and buys the pizza for a thing once the events actually started? Yeah, like what? what yeah, like, world they is this? you are like, well, we should, that is we an indication of how poorly planned this was, and yeah, how. But like, I mean, that's, that's I mean, that's like next level bad planning. Like, I hold school yeah. events on a regular basis where even I am aware that I need to order the pizza ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. These are single. Uh... Like, I plan these by myself. As and a there's teacher. no point I'm not a political in time person.
1: where uh we're supposed to believe that that um, the campaign manager what's her name TJ yeah um she's she's not new to this no she's been she's doing someone... it for 16 years according to this show yeah and she's yeah. like oh shit she oughta, pizza she ought to know to have the food lined up
0: and also ordering you know. pizza and with the, nothing on it are they fucking the food... animals yeah,
1: if the food isn't lined up, she ought to know that. Right. Uh, uh, that that's something to blow up like, about. They right? <laughs> know, like it kind of got like a Should be something she's mad about. They kind of sound like it's not a... suddenly. Hey, go get some pizza.
0: <laughs> it sounds like I get where it's coming from because in the context, yeah. it sounds like they're like their trade off for the fact that the heat doesn't work is go yeah. get some pizza. And- and Which that's another thing. Like but there's like, a lot
1: of there's a lot of indication in the first episode that this is a struggling campaign that really doesn't know how to run a presidential campaign. Uh again, you know, they're but, going but
0: people who are should should in they're, they're going, going to be New
1: Hampshire. Yeah. They should know that they're going to need space heaters. Um
0: Right. It, yeah. It's a it's a and like they're like, whoa, we're supposed to be leaves. And it's like it's New Hampshire. Like <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, uh, presumably that was filmed at his house in East, East Lansing. So. Right,
0: but it's also Michigan uh, then. Like, like that's the same but, thing, Adam. Yeah. Like, who thought you could get leaves in Michigan any time after, like, what? Like, after <laughs> yeah. October? Are you insane? <laughs> we won't see leaves for another, like, six months. Yeah when you f- when you discover their rotting corpses underneath your uh, the the snow that melts that weird <laughs> that weird leaf sludge that's all over the yard you know that <laughs> yes um, uh, I mean, it's very yeah, yeah. Oh, so like the music okay <laughs> that jingle man. Yeah. I here's the problem, okay? Um that has infected my brain and I now <laughs> walk around has. whistling that jingle. Yeah, because this movie or this I've been this singing movie it all morning, it hates me.
1: Uh You know, I I will admit in episode uh episode 2 and 3 um Episode 3 in particular. Because episode 2, we get Waylon Jennings and his Outlaw Country, and he does not perform that song. But the Bluegrass Band in ep- episode 3 does. Um, and uh, and it, when the Bluegrass Band performs that, I almost thought, well, that's kind of clever. And then by the time we get to uh, a few episodes in the future, uh, and we've got the, uh, the hair metal band performing it, and I'm just... No. You're, no yeah, now you're like be begging
0: for death. You're like please just release me <laughs> from this it. mortal coil.
1: Uh and the uh the political humorist. Um <laughs>
0: yeah. Although I kind piano, of I kind of enjoy that. Political I humor. kind of enjoy that because of just like like that's a thing that exists and we all know that's a thing that exists yeah. and that makes me like both like Yeah. just a kind of a happy person. That that that, that person's a thing. This may, I don't know why, but, like, the idea that there are people just wandering around the world, like, playing piano and being, like, somewhat, like, political, it just amuses me deeply. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh. I will say this about <laughs> characters. I find his daughter the most incomprehensible person who has ever existed on the face of the planet. Well, I cannot is, understand you know, any of the action she takes. At any, I know, but I knew twenty-year-old college students when I was a twenty-year-old college student, and it's still totally incomprehensible to me. Who the reason better, I say that is like when they were just better at, at would have been better at doing this. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, they would be, be better. She, she just is. seems bad at life. Yeah, like I don't know how to explain my problem with her except for like she seems weirdly spastic about every action she takes. Yeah. Her motivations are very difficult for me to understand. I don't know what her motivations are. Like, obviously, like, we have this sort of base motivation. She wants her dad to become president. Okay. But, like, beyond that, like, she just, uh, like, as far as I can tell, just does random stuff. As though she was being written by a person who just does not know what to write about a 20-year-old college girl. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I mean, like, bear in mind again, her father has been in politics. Yeah. Like, and maybe she really feels a desire to get involved this time because she's older or whatever. That's fine. I get all those motivations, but like, that's not seem to be what compels her at any given specific interval of the show. That's Bastic
1: nature is supposed to be her defining character, though, you know, and it's it's clear from the but that's not from a the Sundance that's... introduction stuff that it's it's continued. You know, they still right, describe but but that's her, the interesting thing is that like so.
0: her her the new version of her in the introduction is much better defined and more interesting than that version of her. That actress yeah. does a, such a better job. Of being her character in the 2004 intros, than the character in the show does at being her character. Yeah, and obviously some of that has to do with like acting experience and and age and things like that, right? But I don't know that that character just just bothers me like really bad. Like it's it's one of the only characters beyond Deke that actually I have trouble with. Everybody else seems to be themselves but there's they she seems like one of the more like artificially constructed characters because like that person in yeah. me doesn't exist. Yes, I know people who could be defined as, be described as spastic. But in reality when you actually meet them and and know them, they react to certain specific stimuli in specific ways. You know what I mean? Their spa- that that behavior is defined within a framework of of their reactions to the way the world works. Right. But like, this seems to be random to me. Like, I don't, I know, like, I don't know. It's, she's just, I find her very confusing as a character. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think that choice of character type is, is, is kind of unfair. I, I think we do have some other very interesting female characters in the movie, in the show, but like, that's just such a weirdly like, Because we don't get any college age girls who are not ridiculous in this show. Yeah. You only get to not be a ridiculous woman when you, like, turn 30 something. Prior to that, you're just a ridiculous human being who doesn't make any, who just does, like, weird stuff. Like, I mean, we meet those phone call girls, and they're all kind of, like, very generic. Yeah. His daughter's is is a a very odd archetype that's also somewhat generic. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and that that phone call sequence is also meant to to show how Andrea has grown uh, because she was that at the beginning of the show and is now now cold and will tell them to fuck off.
0: Right, and and then Uh, that that sort of supposition that like women can either be ridiculous or cold hearted bitches basically is a really weird. Kind of undercurrent yeah. in this film. We only get a few women who are not in either of those categories. I mean, his his girlfriend is is much more of a normal person. Uh, yeah. TJ, unfortunately, the, is the woman we see the least of. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. TJ is is oddly is a an oddly warm version of the cold hearted bitch, but is still supposed to be that thing. She just. The actress does such a good job that she doesn't come off as exclusively that it's uh, Leslie nope's mom by the way um, the
1: actress who played t j pamela reed was oh, was on uh, i did on not Parks and Rec. i had forgotten that yeah. i
0: didn't I couldn't yeah. remembering Leslie nope's mom is not in the list of things yeah. I can do right now uh but uh I I mean I guess I could always go back and rewatch all of Parks and Rec. I'm not going to argue that that's a like a bad <laughs> Listen, idea. Listen, you should. You no, should. that's what I'm saying. It's uh. like I guess I could do that. I mean, I guess I'll put that on my <laughs> list of things to do, I guess starting today. Yeah. I'm almost done rewatching all of Doctor Who, so I mean, I guess I got to do something. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um sorry, I derailed your thought. No, yeah, it's okay. But, but, but you know to...
0: what I mean right? Like like the movie or I keep saying the movie because that's like Jesus, TV shows who knew? Um, uh, Robert Altman
1: himself called this his best movie. So uh, I, I don't know if I agree with Robert Altman too. about
0: that. But um, Mur- Murphy Brown meets Secret Honor is, is – I don't know if that would be his best work. But um, <laughs> I, I like I, what I mean is like it's like one of those weird things where like on the surface it feels like you're going to you, – you think to yourself like, oh, wow, they made a lot of strong female characters in this. But then when you start to think about it on a more, like, subtle and deep level, you're like, well, you made a lot of very generic female archetypes who also tend to be important in the f- in the film. Yeah. Without, without giving them a lot – again, TJ is the most interesting, the most defined, and has the most depth to her. Andrea is probably second, but Andrea is very much this sort of, like, archetypal transition, right, between – weirdly ditzy girl into cold-hearted bitch i mean she doesn't yeah she doesn't get a lot of other out external defining elements she doesn't she doesn't have not very well rounded right yeah now that being said very few characters in this show movie are well defined like are not nobody's really round yeah Uh, i mean even tanner is kind of weirdly square shaped he, he <laughs> yes. lacks. He lacks a everybody, lot of rounding and a lot of area. Everybody plays their part. Oh.
1: Uh, you yeah. Know, I fully didn't realize. I'm looking at the cast now, and I hadn't. I hadn't actually realized that that park ranger
0: was Jeff Daniels.
1: Oh, is it? I didn't uh, realize that either. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of uh, interesting it, actors just sprinkled throughout this. That's one of yeah. the more interesting parts about it. I think.
1: When Harry Anderson shows up in the last I know. Two that episodes. makes
0: me so happy. See, <laughs> Harry Anderson, like, doing something that, like, insane makes me happy. Yeah. Uh,
1: it is a very interesting. You know, the uh, the people they get playing themselves and obviously, obviously are uh, game for it. And that's that's the one part where this starts to rub me the wrong way Um, or one of the things that rubs me the wrong way is is in 88. And even today, for a lot of people in politics, there's this disconnect from what policies are doing
0: to the point where we can think about this as a grand game. Right. right, I would agree. And, and I and I was and a uh, that was a thing I was thinking about a lot while we were watching this. Lot. Yeah. I and that was something and but yeah. I think but we start getting into something deeper if we imagine that Altman's goal is to in many ways to show us that that like none of these yeah. people really understand what they're doing in terms of the human impact. They're all participating yeah. in a game. And I think in many ways I think yeah. If you let it rub, it's very easy to let it rub you the wrong way. But I think we have to go deeper and give it more credit and say, like, that's really the point.
1: That's something like, like, what, what these Alton's people do, do
0: not get it. And Tanner's transition and growth is the growth into becoming more like those people who are just basically human monsters. Yeah. Like, you know, what I mean, like it is it is the progression of Tanner into a worse person. In many ways, it is. As he as he comes to understand, especially when you add in the in the two thousand four stuff, it's really his transition to understanding that like politics is just a game that you win and lose, and like the policies and all that shit doesn't matter because that doesn't affect us. It's it's just about winning and losing, and and the policies are just means to an end. I think the the two thousand four stuff also. Uh provides a different
1: sort of meta interpretation of this work as autobiographical because Tanner uh Tanner ends up teaching at the University of Michigan, which is, you know, what happened to Altman in the eighties.
0: Um well keep and, in mind keep in mind Tanner was also teach like when he describes he had retired from politics as well. He was a congressman yeah. before and then like yeah. it's very it's weird. Like it's very well, to this well, view of Altman
1: as as an outsider um, who who tried but couldn't get uh, couldn't get attention, the right kind of attention for what he was trying to do, and then ends up sort of exiled as a as a professor at uh, at the University of Michigan, um, which we talked a little bit more about last week with Secret Honor. Um, and then to have that mirrored in Tanner with the with the retrospective stuff uh suggest suggests that maybe Altman had that originally as an idea
0: too right well i well it's part it's there's a couple of interesting things that come up is partially that this was ex- was intended to continue yeah this was not supposed to be only 11 episodes and so it's quite yeah. possible. And they also that, tried that to get. Had they tried a, to get another series in '92. Yeah. Okay. Well, so there you go. I, I mean, it seems to me yeah. like Altman had a, had a grander sort of evolution for this in mind. That it, that we get some glimpses of in 2004. But the interesting thing is, by that point, Tanner's like, Altman's even sort of moved on beyond some of what he originally planned, right? Because the world has changed, and he's, yeah. Can take some of what has changed in right because by, you know, two thousand four, politics has already started to change. Pretty, I mean, eighty eight is is a part of that transition of politics already. Uh, yeah, so... but two
1: thousand four, we're talking W's reelection campaign, right? I there, know. Where, where yeah, there are big big changes. Uh, even in the last, even in that sixteen years span, um, for
0: sure, for sure
1: yeah and i'm not saying that 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 is the only interpretation or even even the the principal interpretation of the work as as meta commentary on altman's own life obviously everything you've said about it being about uh you know uh, pulling back the veil on politicians and not just on politics um is valid too Uh, There is a sequel series, though, Tanner on Tanner, which Sundance did after they aired uh, this show in 2004. They shot the Tanner on Tanner uh, series. It's four episodes. Um, I don't know if they're a half hour or an hour. Unfortunately, they're not on the Criterion Collection. Um,
0: I hope some future version will have them.
1: Yeah, it would be nice to get, get a release of that. Uh, just to see what it is, but it is it's you know it's Altman coming back and and doing that, so it's not uh and all the all you know the the principals come back you know it's still it's still Michael Murphy playing tanner um and uh the same actress playing alex and et cetera did I just lose you? no, I'm here okay i'm sorry no i i'm <laughs> I I'm listening i'm listening your I, your connection
0: your connection suddenly uh, yeah well i'm getting a lot of hiccups too it's it, it's not yeah. great today for some reason
1: but it's got pamela reed and cynthia nixon uh and michael murphy uh doing four episodes um <laughs> i mean most of them are right i mean uh matt Malloy's back as deke and Alana Levine's back as Andrea. And,
0: and, and that, you know, that, that alone in and of itself is a weird thing, right? Like, something happening 16 years later should not, like, have all the principal people still <laughs> Deke, present. Deke shouldn't
1: necessarily be there. No, like, he shouldn't. Like, we like, can catch up with some of the other Deke people. Deke is just a but, temporary
0: but, cameraman for Deke, a news agency at this point. Deke, Deke shouldn't. Um,
1: they are half hour because the entire runtime of the four episodes is two hours. So, right, okay. Uh, yeah. uh. Does he direct each episode? I wonder. Do I have that information at hand? <laughs>
0: I, I I'm yeah. I'm looking up something totally uh, yeah.
1: different. Trudeau so. Trudeau come back in came back as a writer and and Altman did direct. Um,
0: okay, okay. Well, here we go. Here's why. Okay, Adam, the DVD release yeah. date was October of 2004. Oh yeah, yeah. That is that is, is something I should have don't been able have to point out any of that infor- like any of that stuff because that would have been basically <laughs> impossible.
1: One of the two Criterion essays actually says that the sequel series is about to start production.
0: <laughs> so, right, exactly. It's just, I mean, that's, So there is there
1: is good reason why it is not on these DVDs, but it should be on uh, the next set. Criterion Collection should put it out.
0: Uh, yeah. Although you can you can buy Tanner on Tanner, that's a thing you can watch. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I mean, I will, you know, you never know. With something as limited as Sundance doing a small series like that, you never know if it's a thing you can actually, like, own. But yeah. you can. Uh,
1: um, it's actually part of a DVD box set that Sundance put out of all their original series, it looks like. Oh, well, there you go. So... I wonder if fishing with John is part of that. Wasn't fishing with John on Sunday? No, that was on IFC. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, all those channels run together. Um, hey, all, all those premium cable channels that that I can't have. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Anyway, yeah this this show's got a lot going on. A lot of it very good. Some of it a lot better than others.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it is really a kind of roller coaster ride in terms of like yeah. quality at any given point.
1: And it seems like it was a roller coaster ride in production, you know, with Trudeau writing writing scripts while watching the news and sending them off be- right before they started shooting and then getting it to HBO to air it uh within hours after editing finished, you know. Uh
0: that being said, I I personally would love to see this Again, the, yeah. I mean like doing something like this in, in the modern era on like the next election or something would be very wonderful. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I feel like it's even maybe even more necessary in the modern age than it was then. Uh, it's because like, I mean it, cause you have so many other new factors that didn't really exist. Like, you know, that didn't exist at that time. Right. Like this is, I, I'm in love with the idea that they that they are using here. And I just want more of it, but also more modernized, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be interesting. It could not. I can't well, I mean, of imagine can this up. happening. I mean, it could be terrible, too. I mean. <laughs> That's the thing. I can't imagine this happening uh, in a modern context without it trying to be fake.
0: Without it. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, mean, I mean there's a, there's a lot of pitfalls. I'm saying that like I want yeah. this thing now. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't yeah. want the modern version yeah. of this thing. I want you just want this thing. This thing that's, but with like modern yeah. with with like the most, you know, recent last couple of elections essentially. Although how how you how you cram like really hardcore racism into uh a show like this—that's that's, that's <laughs> those writers are in for a real, a lot
1: of hard work yeah. there.
0: Uh, but you know, uh,
1: that is that is probably uh, with Trudeau acting as possibly sole writer. I'm not even sure how much writer's room there was. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, a I, lot of this show feels improv because I think it probably was. Yeah, I think that's um, probably true. With with Trudeau providing a. Skeleton of a script instead of necessarily specific lines for people um, I would like to see this done with a diverse writers room working on it Instead of just Gary Yeah, Trudeau. of course,
0: of course I uh, mean, the, but, everything about this feels pretty shoestring So, I mean Yeah, absolutely, no, we, we can, absolutely This is very me, low budget Me and very, Gary and Trudeau and are friends So yeah. uh, we're going to do this thing and it's, it's,
1: it's great that they were able to pull off some of the things they did on such a shoestring budget. Uh, even, even faking a debate with uh, Jesse Jackson should be <laughs> beyond their capabilities right. in a lot of ways. <laughs> Um, uh, and I don't know how much was filmed on location at various spots there's, there's no need for them to have actually been in New Hampshire except that they were interacting with other politicians in New Hampshire which suggests they were there, right? because yeah, no, Bob sure. Dole would have been in New Hampshire the time they wanted to film this so they would have had to go to New Hampshire to film with Bob Dole uh, whether or not the rest of the interiors were shot on the University of Michigan campus or what uh, right, yeah, it's Beyond possible, me, but they yeah. clearly traveled with everybody quite a bit. So, um, uh, and that eats up your budget. Right,
0: I mean, it's kind uh, of I remarkable that this was, even
1: exists, but. I don't think this was like a John Cassavetes thing where he's like, hey guys, this is going to be fun, I promise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're, I'm not going to pay you because this is going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's go do it.
1: All uh, right. And, of course, with the John Gazavetta stuff, uh, you know, in uh, in Constant Forge, they talked about, we still got paid, eventually. Yeah, eventually. You know, we got our guts. after After but he
0: mortgaged something random he t- that he may or may not have owned in <laughs> yeah. the first place. He took care of us. He took <laughs> care of us. After he made but... magic money appear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think Altman was doing that sort of thing here. Well, because, I, I I assume that, like, Altman is not a money wizard, like, Casavetes was, as, as far not. as Constant Forge was concerned. Like, I don't know. Like, he said one day we didn't have any money, and the next day he showed up with money. I don't know. Like, presumably well, there was only ever one. There can only ever be one money wizard.
1: Presumably also, though, Altman's got a more consistent income from his previous works. Well, and than- this,
0: is, this is being... Show, like presumably HBO is providing yeah. some sort of budget, and presumably HBO is providing. Like, I don't think HBO has a habit of making like, uh, like you pitch a TV show to HBO and they're like, "Okay, you go make it with whatever money you can find in your couch, and then uh, come back to us." <laughs> and and I don't we'll think that's their typical operating procedure, but maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe all those, maybe Game of Thrones is made that way.
1: <laughs> Who knows? Oh, I just, I just hope that confederate gets made that way uh it it would be what it deserves
0: it would be what it deserves oh i i actually a a, yes a a shoestring like found through our couch budget version of confederate is probably the best version we could end up with
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) no version would be a better version well i mean Uh, uh, presuming we have to
1: have one which apparently we do (laughs) if we have to have one just just shoot it in the foot please uh anyway uh tanner 88 very fascinating like pat said we'd love to see uh something very much like this to the point of being this
0: yeah i don't want anything today. like th- i want this
1: just yeah now. we want this transposed um once more in 04 uh why not 2020 tanner uh, yeah, well, Tar- for one reason, Robert Altman's not alive. I um, know,
0: but Tanner 2020 sounds fucking amazing. Uh, if nothing else, because it. I assume, even though 2020 is like two years from now, that, uh, well, you know, three, but whatever, who's counting, um, yeah. that uh, somehow 2020 is still absolutely the future, and everybody will be cyborgs. Yes. <laughs> In my mind, I don't know. You say 2020 to me, and I, they're cyborgs. We've got 3 years to have cyborgs because 2020 definitely has cyborgs. Hopefully, hopefully.
1: Oh, so after after 2 full months with only two directors, we finally uh finally break away. Um
0: I don't want to leave. And
1: next I know, they were two great directors to spend time with, too. Um but uh next week we'll be uh moving on uh to a French film, Fat Girl uh, directed by what,
0: Catherine what, 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 Brillat. What's it called? Brilla. I'm sorry? What's it called? Fat Girl. Oh, yeah. This is... A br- preser- yeah. I don't even know.
1: Coming of Age Story. Um, going to be another depressing coming of age story. And we love
0: those. Ooh, so. Yeah, yeah. We're big fans.
1: <laughs> um, But, yeah. So we'll be talking about that next week. This week was Tanner 88, the HBO miniseries directed by Gary Trudeau. Directed, written by Gary Trudeau. Directed (laughs) by whatever at this point. Uh, I am, as always, the Adam Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick O'Hara Dorgan. Thank you for listening to Lost Criterion, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Listening to Lost in Criterion, hosted by John Patrick Oatari Dorgan and the Adam Glass, who edits it. We're a production of withtwobrains.com. Jonathan Hape does the music. Check him out at jonathanhape.bandcamp.com. And hey, if you like us, why don't you give us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, or support us on Patreon? That's patreon.com slash Lost in Criterion. We'd appreciate it.